This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Alongside Jeff Burton, Dale Jarrett, I'm Steve Letarte. I'm, I'm a little out of sorts because there was so much going on yesterday in Kansas. And we have a ton to get to in a short hour here. But I think it has to start with the race winner, Denny Hamlin. DJ, how impressive was the win? Yeah, very impressive. I mean, we've been talking about Denny Hamlin being championship ready for a number of weeks. A couple of months now, actually. I, I think that we've all seen this. Uh, uh, kind of a change, uh, a maturity in Denny Hamlin. The way he goes about things, his thought process a lot better. When you have good race cars, it's easy to change your thought process. I realize that. But he seems to be doing all the right things. And, and I think put himself out there now as that championship leader, uh, if you will. But that yesterday was really, really impressive. Uh, from that second stage on, uh, he was in control of this race. Are you convinced? You ready? Ready to crown him as the favorite? Uh, I was convinced that he was one of the favorites going okay. into the playoffs. Fair. And then he got me a little nervous because he <laughs> wasn't running like I thought he had been. Yesterday was was a really, really good race. I mean, to get out there, have those cautions, still find a way to win the race. Denny Hamlin has completely, 100% bought in to Chris Gabehart, his crew chief, and the program that they've built, 100%. And, he is, and what he's focused on right now is doing his job. And I think you said it, Denny Hamlin, a mature Denny Hamlin, a guy that's comfortable with who, where he is, who he is right now. Yeah, Denny Hamlin is, I don't know if I can call him the favorite, you know what I mean? But but in this year, I'm not even sure who the favorite is. He yeah. is certainly one of the guys I think can go to Miami and win a championship. I think it's interesting. We're talking about everything about his talent, right? We know that he's talented. It was everything else. It was whatever the distractions were, whatever it was. A year ago, I would arguably make the conversation that I wasn't sure he'd be back at Joe Gibbs Racing in 2020 with the mm. upcoming of the young talent. He comes out, new crew chief, Daytona 500, continues that success on and then there's just something about him. I wasn't as concerned in the first round of the playoffs because I think he was, by design, just staying off the radar. He was off the radar at Talladega. As it gets closer to Miami, 
at the one racetrack that tests for Miami. He pops on the radar. He's win. So I have Denny as the favorite. But to Denny's unfortunate day, I couldn't follow it very well. So I didn't give him the accolades he deserved because there were so many other things going on. And really, it built up. We knew the cut race was going to be big. But, Jeff, did we have any idea what would happen during those late cautions? No. And, and, and the, the thing we have learned this year is to never expect anything. You know, to expect the unexpected. Race is sitting there. Everything seems to be pretty orderly. We got a really good battle between uh, Keselowski and, and Chase Elliott. Keselowski going to the back, and then, boom, this happens. Blaney right, blows the right rear tire, debris on the apron. NASCAR throws a caution, and here we go. And with 15 laps to go at this point in the situation, DJ, we have Chase Elliott kind of stuck. He had six yeah. seconds in front of him. He wasn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. Brad Kozlowski was a lap down, but some other guys were falling to him. And at this point, it looked like Chase Elliott, two points below, and he was kind of stuck before the yellow. The yellow changed everything, though. Yeah, it changed everything, and it was a yellow that needed to be thrown. I know that people say, well, he's on the apron, the debris was down there. Well, people go down there, too, uh, whenever you have to go in and out of the pits. But this was now an an a time for an adjustment because they didn't have this nine car where they needed. Get four tires on it, make some adjustments, and things looked up then. I'll be honest. I said, man, this, this right here is going to really help the two. He got yeah. back in the lead lap. Look at all the points yeah. advantage. I just yeah. couldn't believe that Brad Kozlowski deserved to be a lap down. And then here we come. Chase Elliott on those brand new tires. Gets a little fortunate, makes some great passes, and is driving in a great race car. At this point, when he drives by the 18, I'm thinking, forget Brad Kozlowski. Chase Elliott's going to win the He'll race. Win. Yeah, for sure. And then, why not? Let's have another yellow, right? <laughs> you got to have another yellow. And this was a big yellow. I'm not sure what broke on the 43, but we're talking tire, hub, axle, oil, brake rotor, parts everywhere. Another big yellow. Yeah, this, this uh, unfortunately for Bubba Wallace, you know, he just seems like this, that's what this year has been about, right? Yeah. But it set this up. Joey Logano at this point before this, fine, no problem. 12 points, cruising, simple. Keselowski minus two, Chase plus two. Remember I said in the booth, I said, this was the last thing Joey Logano wanted, man. He just wanted this thing just to end because he was in without any problem whatsoever at that point. And we knew there was going to be tight racing. We've seen two, three, and four wide on every restart. <laughs> this the restart was going to be no different. <laughs> at this point, though, the question I had was, could Chase Elliott win the race? Could he get the golden ticket? And I actually think he had a better chance to run before because at this point, yeah. the two Gibbs cars get by him on the bottom of the racetrack. And then, of course, why? Let's have one more accident. But the question was, that was the field coming off turn four to take the white flag. I want the fans to look. Watch this. That's at 180 miles an hour, three quarters of a car length. Less than a tenth of a second is the difference between this race being over and this race going to overtime. And there were some comments on social media that the white flag was waving. That doesn't matter. The line yes. is what matters. Uh, so the 11 car had not gotten to the line. It was just over a tenth of a second. Just over a tenth of a second. If that if that caution comes out a tenth of a second later, a whole other a whole other world in the playoff. And DJ, now Brad Kozlowski is only a point to the good. And I mentioned this on air. I didn't like where he was starting. On the inside, deep in the field, pinned against that bottom line. I was really worried. I didn't know if Chase Elliott could go win it or not, but I said yeah. I was concerned that Brad couldn't hold up and this final restart take us through it. I mean, what could he have done differently? Well, it, I mean, it's easy to second guess. When you're sitting there, I think it may not have been explained to him that if he just kind of holds serve, 
he's going to be in unless the nine goes and wins the race, uh, which probably wasn't going to happen, ended up not happening. But you can see he got a push and thought his best opportunity was to try to get to the outside with his car the way it was handling. He never was able to get to that point. You see he has to check up right here uh, because of Alex Bowman right in front of him. I don't know what he saw there, but that's where he lost all his time. Yeah, he, he, tried, to, he tried to go three wide, and I think ultimately he was trying to get in that outside lane. The problem with this package is when you go three wide, you can go forward or you can go a tremendous amount of the way back. And he just got aggressive, you know, jumped yeah. on the outside of the four, got aggressive. He felt like that was his best shot, and it just didn't work out for him. I, I, we've both been in that spot. Yeah. It's really easy on Monday to go back and watch the replay and say, oh, well, you should have just done this. Yeah. He did what he thought he needed to do and then in that split second. I won't second guess him because those are – impossible decisions to make. You don't know what's gonna happen in front of you. You yeah. just have no way of knowing. I won't second guess the restart, but I will second guess the day. This yes. is the day that Brad Kozlowski and Paul Wolf could not have had. They came in 20 points above. They leave three points below. This is, in my mind, the biggest give up of points without an accident or an, or an engine failure that we have ever seen. We've seen some 20-something point deficits been overcome, but that was because someone was in the garage, not by just out running on the racetrack. Chase Elliott did it. He did it all day. He did it on stages. He did it when it mattered. And we got a, a chance to listen to, unfortunately, Brad Keselowski, who missed the playoffs, but also Chase Elliott, who made it. Just proud of the effort today. Uh, just excited we get to fight another race and uh, back up against the wall. You know, to come out here and battle for a win, that's, that's what you have to do when you're in the position that we were in. Um, if you ever get to Homestead, you're going to have to fight for a win down there. So proud of the effort. Uh, learned a lot and you know to be able to come out here and like I said have to win or in our minds have to win and come and, and, and fight for one and finish second I think is a is a step in the right direction for us so excited to move on. Yeah I just couldn't get nothing to go for him on the restart inside lane restart and uh, didn't capitalize on it uh, I needed to get up and I, I couldn't get up when I needed to get up and uh, all bad and I uh, didn't do a good enough job. Yeah, the restart was just a culmination of a day that two couldn't have so I mentioned a minute ago I'm going to go through these Casey Kane came in a point above. He was eliminated. Kyle Busch, 26 points. He was eliminated back in 14. That was due to an accident. Another big one, Kyle Larson in 17, gave up 29 points. Engine. So let's review. Over 20 points given up purely in racing. Yeah. That was a crushing blow for the two-car. I, I, I didn't see it coming. I talked to Brad Keselowski Sunday morning. He didn't see this coming. He felt really good about his car. They had a game plan. They qualified well. He, he wanted to get out front, dominate, and... They, I mean, they were bad. I, matter of fact, from from me watching, I don't ever remember remember them running that bad this year. Yeah, that is as poorly of a run as you can have, and it came at the wrong time. Yeah, even in the pre-race show, he did an interview, and he was very confident that he needed short runs. He said, if we get cautions at the end of the the race, then that's exactly what we need. But he was planning on being up front, not restarting in 13th spot. Yeah. Uh, and the entire day had gone against them. They made a decision as to how they were going to bring their race car as far as the amount of down force versus drag that they wanted to have that they thought was going to be best for them and it put them in a terrible position especially as they got in traffic there and and then you know you're, you're battling trying to to do things and sometimes the harder you try the worse that things go it surprised me also that the 22 didn't yeah. do any better yeah neither one of them did i mean the 22 yeah. in practice i mean he was slicing and dicing and passing people and i'm like that's the guy and never saw it in the race. Never saw what I saw in practice when it came time to race. On well, he had his own race. We're going to get to it in a minute. I really yeah. think um, the question I have is where they go from here. 
because when I hear what Paul Wolf had to say after the race, he spoke with Dustin Long, and he basically said, it's frustrating, but plainly, we just haven't been hitting on it. You know, we're just general all summer. Basically, he says, it's just they're not good enough. The question I have is, I've been a part of these crushing blows. It was a championship defeat for Jeff Gordon and I in 07. Looking back, we never recovered. We were together for years after that, but only went to victory lane one time. They have a cup championship together. They have an Xfinity Series championship together. I don't think anybody can make decision. I think the decision will have to come between Brad and Paul. The question is, can they look back on this year, get over it, and move forward? Or is this going to be something that is going to hold this two up in the future? You know, it just depends on the relationship they have. And over time, relationships get more difficult to maintain. Um, it just does. And in this sport, uh, crew chief and driver, they go to war with each other every day, trying to beat the entire field. And when things start not going as well as you want them to, then you start amongst yeah. yourselves. And, and it just depends on how strong their relationship, it, relationship is. Uh, I don't, I, obviously, we're not going to make that decision. It really, yeah. I, think, oh. I think it's going to come, I think it'll come from the very top. I think Roger Penske uh, will ultimately have to make those kind of decisions because you, they've done really well together. Yeah. Yeah. They have yes. won a lot of races. They've won championships, as you just mentioned. They've been one of those teams that every year we look at and say, this, guy, this group can win a championship. It, it's going to take a lot to break that up. Well, let's be clear. There are some well-funded teams that are not as good as the two. They would love to have what they have currently. So we'll go to the flip. What will this overcome the deficit, ninth-inning walk-off, call it whatever you want, how far will this chase Elliott? Oh, I, I think that, that this can put him in, in a situation to where uh, he can win anywhere that he goes in these next three races. We've watched him perform at a high level at Martinsville. Uh, we know that he's at another mile and a half at Texas after that if he doesn't lock himself in uh, after this Sunday at Martinsville. So I think that, that you have this type of momentum and doing the right things. They have to be a little better at the start of these races. They kind of put themselves in a little bit of a hole uh, and, and keeping up with the track. Uh, throughout these races because things do change and so but but I think when you look at this driver uh, they they knew what they had to do and they went and almost did what we thought they had to do if they were going to make it into the round of eight and that was win the race and and he went up and challenged for that well surely if the racing gods have any way it'll be Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin beating banging at Martinsville <laughs> next week but guys on that graphic you also continue to see the driver Joey Logano in the 22 car it was anything but a straightforward day when you talk about turning points we've talked about the turning points on how they could win the race in my mind Joey Logano's turning point started right away early in the race for the second day in a row team Penske has a loose wheel from the garage they have yet to do a pit stop it was the day before it was Austin Sindrick in the Xfinity car today it's Joey Logano in the 22 car he has to pit because of a loose wheel they're fortunate enough they end up a couple laps down they get the cautions they get back on the lead lap Stuck all the way back in 15th, but at this point, Burton, it seems like all is lost when it comes to stage points because they have given up every bit of track position. Yeah, I mean, they are they are in trouble. Again, a team that came into this race, we're thinking they just need a solid day, right? They get this caution. They're able to, to use this caution to, to their advantage. They're able to take the pass around, get back in a lead lap, and now it's game on. Now they have a completely different... Uh, mindset and what they can do for the rest of the day. Yeah, once they get back on the lead lap, then it's just about aggression. What can they do to try to offset, try to do something, try to make up? And, and the decision... Great call. Is, it's a great call, DJ. They stay out from 15th on old tires. And look who's pushing him, his old buddy Chase Elliott. <laughs> We're going to get to that in a minute. Chase Elliott pushes Joey Logano to the win. Why do I bring this up? Ten points, Jeff. How much did Joey Logano advance by? Nine points. That turning point...
of having the chance to make the great call, having the chance to overcome a loose wheel, that was the turning point for Joey Logano. The day before, it went awry with a loose wheel. Right. This 22 team figured it out. And, and we just talked about Paul Wolf, and, and I, I believe that the crew chief at, Pen, at the both crew chiefs at Penske of the two and the 12, the two and the 22, I think they were the most innovative, creative, smartest guys on pit road. Mm-hmm. They consistently make these kind of calls, put yeah. them driver, put their drivers in position. They trust their drivers. They put them in position and say, "Okay, I got you this track position." Go make it happen, and this is a good example of a crew chief trusting his driver on old tires. Yeah, at that point in time, they they pretty much realized that this is not about winning the race at this point in time. It's about surviving this the best that we can. Made a great call to leave Joey Logano, who has become one of those drivers that you can put in that situation. We talked about Ryan Newman for years, how good he is on older tires, and you put him up there in front just for a couple of laps. Joey Logano's a lot like that, too. He can get more out of a car in that situation. He got himself in the right spot. He got a push from Chase Elliott, and, and that's a whole other thing. Everybody giving Chase Elliott a hard time. Why would he push Joey Logano? Well, that was his option to go forward <laughs> was to push him. He needed those he points. He needed points, too. Yeah, that's right. who was in Where front else of, is yeah. he going to go? That's who was in front of him. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. We've done this, and we understand what it's like being in that situation. You have to advance. You have to be selfish and look out what's best for you in trying to get the most points. He, he wasn't pushing Joey Logano to help Joey Logano. Right he was away. pushing Joey yeah. Logano to help himself. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that was his path forward. So, we talked about the turning point being the first round. I'm going to go all the way back. The turning point for Joey Logano was the regular season. Yeah. In the round of 12, Joey Logano, let's let's, let's recap this. He started Dover from the garage area. Yes. He wrecked at Talladega and wrecked again at Kansas. Look at the bottom line right there. The 28 playoff points. When people watch in June, in July, and they want to know why you fight so hard for a stage win, why you fight so hard for a race win, that – is the exact reason why Joey Logano could have had the disastrous round of 12 that the 22 car had. You, you can't do what they just did. I didn't, well, I say you can't. They just proved me wrong. But it is unbelievable when you think about these three races, the best finish they had was 11th. And I don't even know how he did that at Talladega after getting his car torn all to pieces and they barely beat the five-minute clock. But this is Dover where they didn't even start the race yeah. on the racetrack. They're in the garage area. And then Talladega... I mean, I thought he was finished for the day. I mean, he got hit two or three times here. And how they were going to do this. Made up 16 points at Talladega getting this car back on the racetrack. Yeah, I don't don't even know. I mean, look at this. That doesn't (laughs) even work at a short track most of the time. Then yesterday, yesterday, this wreck right here, Joey Logano through the grass, spins right here. How many times have we seen drivers go up the racetrack, get into traffic, get into the wall? Joey Logano deserves a tremendous amount of credit for never quitting. Yeah. Never, he never stopped driving that car. And I know that sounds simple, but we see a lot of drivers, they get in the grass and they do this. They Like Joey Logano, yeah. he, he stayed, he, I got to say, this car, somehow, some way, when that car came off the grass onto the asphalt, he was ready for that. And he got it, he got the left, he got the tires turned to the left way before anybody else, well, most people would have. See, it already yeah. turned to the left before he got to the grass. That was a championship. That right there could have saved their championship. And let me be clear, got a little lucky too because he said after the race there was a hole in the radiator. So one or two more (laughs) green-white checkers and that 22 car wasn't going to run it. So so I want to take the same question. Brad's out. Chase is in. We think it could help Chase Elliott. What does this high-pressure advancement do to the 22 team? So, so, So is the 22 right now feeling like this championship is ours? (laughs) <laughs> like, we just got through I mean, all this. Like, we got through all yeah. this. Surely we can win the championship. I think the problem for them 
is I don't think they have the pace. I, I think you better win Martinsville if he's going to if he's going to be a part of it. Yeah, and even if he did, can they win Miami? Because I have yet to well, see a mile and a half yes. speed out of Team Penske yeah. to go win. I, I, not listen. not in a lot, not since earlier in the earlier year. in the year. Yes, yeah, when everybody was still trying to get used to this. So I think they have to feel good about some of the things that they were able to to do the job and and work their way through this. And I mean, look at that. It it's not like that just because he barely got in that he's seventh or eighth. He's all the way up in that fourth spot right now. But they're going to have to do some magic here uh, if they're going to battle and contend for a championship. Well, he has yeah. Kyle Larson that seems to be surging. Chase Elliott that seems to be surging. Kevin Harvick that we all know Kevin Harvick seems to run well all the time. Uh, you know, how's he going to get through those? And then also Kyle Martin and Denny. I mean, it's it's going to be a tough road for them to get to Miami. I, I wish I could try to predict, but I've been wrong for the first two rounds of how the race is going to go. <laughs> um, but I think that Denny Hamlin will go back to the victor. He gets out of his car, and it was his, I don't know, eighth or ninth word out of his mouth was Martinsville. Yep. Right? I mean, it wasn't, man, this was great. Man, we won at Kansas. It was, we get to go to Martinsville. And, and Kyle Larson, after he won, said, I don't have to worry about Talladega. And he was right. He ended up wrecking. But then we have Danny Hamlin already looking at Martinsville. I, I just feel there's a lot of momentum there. The, the best point, though, is I don't see three runaway drivers when we look at those points. No. Right? Everybody's yeah. stacked in. Three completely different racetracks. Everything on the line. One thing we know is the playoffs produce the best racing that I think we have ever seen. Playoffs are incredible. Yeah. The, the yeah. stage race in the playoffs, the way the points are paid throughout the year, makes the regular season matter. All that adds up to an incredible regular season, a great playoff. It's just, it's really worked well. You know what else it adds up to? Pressure. Yes. And we saw a little bit of that, perhaps boil over on Saturday. So after the break, we're going to look back at Saturday's Xfinity Series race and a little, we call this, I don't know, is this MMA, WWE? I don't know. <laughs> we'll talk about it next. kicked off their round of eight at Kansas and DJ Christopher Bell and the 98 at Chase Briscoe. Oh, they were having a great battle for the lead. You see Bell had a big run on him, but Gary Smithley, not sure that, I, I guess he said he didn't even know they were coming, but I don't know how he didn't know that. But uh, it unfortunately took these drivers, uh, put them in a bad spot there. But what a great race they were having. Yeah, they were. And then these two guys, championship contenders, Reddick and Custer getting together. This is this is late in the race. I mean, yeah, this, oh, is, yeah. this is a race winning time, man. Then Brandon Jones, you saw him on the bottom of the racetrack taking advantage of those two guys, and Brandon Jones drives away. First career win for the driver of the number 19 for Joe Gibbs Racing, eliminated from the playoffs last round. But that wasn't it. We go down, we're going to have a little conversation. Custer Reddick, a hand on one shoulder, turns into some pushing, some shoving. And next thing you know, the pile ends up on the ground. I am totally fine with the pushing and shoving of the drivers. I wish I saw the crew members staying out of it, let the driver, they want to throw punches, let them throw punches, that's my mind, let them fight. Um, <laughs> they never guys do. Are normally they pretty, never do. They never fight. <laughs> these guys are normally pretty, they, they're normally you know, pretty cordial to one another. Well, yeah. what, 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 what did Cole say? I guess I don't put my hands on the red. <laughs> right. yeah. You know, you're right, the playoffs. So we got Custer and Reddick mad at each other, right? And maybe they'll maybe they'll get over it. Uh, Briscoe's. They were not happy with Christopher Bell, although I don't think that's fair. I think that was more on Garrett Smithley. Well, yeah. Right? So that's yeah. that's th three of the big three that are in conflict. I believe Briscoe's the guy that's that's going along and, 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 and joining them in Miami. 
some other guys have said had said Custer. Custer got into it with with Harrison. So all of the guys that we consider to be the favorites have created some type of enemy or, or another <laughs> with two Just races left won't. to go in this round. So yeah. hold on. But I will say the guy right there in fifth is the one that impressed me the most. Yeah. Not surprised Christopher Bell was at the front. Not surprised Cole Custer. Not surprised Tyler Reddick. Thought Justin Algar would run better. It wasn't bad. Just okay. Chase Briscoe. Yeah. He, he stepped out of the shadows. Yeah. I know it didn't end up right. They got in a wreck. All that's fine. But he still is only two points behind DJ. Yeah. If he can continue to bring that sort of performance, yeah. he could be number four joining the big three. He, he's going to have to go to Texas. They've got this week off. He needs to go to Texas and run just the way that he did there because Justin Allgaier is going to perform at a high level at Phoenix. Mm -hmm. So you get there. So Chase Briscoe is going to have to try to separate himself there couple of good stages, and get up there and race for the win again. But I like what I'm seeing out of this young man. You mentioned the week off. I love the fact that we're going to get through the Martinsville Cup race, which we're all going to love, but then we go Texas, Phoenix, Miami, all three series, all lined up, elimination at the same time, <laughs> championship at the same time. Thank goodness. It's a great finish. <laughs> it's, 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 it's hard for us. I know it's got to be hard for the fans to keep up. Now they're on race one, race right, two. Right. Like I know yeah. it'd be, it's, it's great when now we're going to be lined up. We know exactly what the next two races mean. Well, coming up, we're going to discuss the man who won the race Sunday at Kansas and perhaps the momentum he should carry into the next round. We kind of drug everybody along. I had some playoff points. Those big playoff points buckets don't look so good when you yeah. get stacked up to everybody else. So I think we have to start, though. First segment, we touched on Denny, but then we touched on that crazy battle. Where do we stand? Where do we think Denny Hamlin stands moving into this round? Heading to Martinsville. I mean, is he the most dangerous driver currently? Well, not only Martinsville, but, but Texas and Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, he's wanted all of them. And, yeah. and he's really good at Texas, I know for a fact, because he beat me there. <laughs> and, and, Sound and, a little sensitive. Yeah, it's still a little sensitive hurts. right there. It still hurts. But, but uh, yeah, I think that when I look at Denny's mindset and I look at how fast they're running, he's, he's, this he's ready to win this championship. Yeah. And, and I, you know, again, I don't, I don't know who the favorite is. I'm still trying to figure that out. But he is certainly one of the guys that I feel strongly has a shot to win his championship. Well, Vegas is a little confused on the uh, favorites as well. They have a three to one, a three and a half to one, a couple four to ones. I don't see a lot of long shot odds. So let's talk about all these drivers with what their path is. Denny Hamlin, you feel there's a path. All three races he's very good at. Yeah. Do you have any sort of disagreement that Denny Hamlin's heading into a pretty no. solid round? No, they, it couldn't. It couldn't line up more perfectly for Denny Hamlin. Uh, if you went and asked Denny, what three tracks do you want to put in there? Uh, in, in my opinion, yeah. I think that that this is perfect. Uh, he was solid at the, these tracks uh, at the beginning of the year, and, and so I think that he does that. I, I really think he probably wins uh, this weekend. Uh, at Martinsville, and, and then he you know, can just cruise and get ready for Homestead. I really think that's the key. 
I talked to Chad Canales a few weeks back, and he said back when Jimmy won their final championship, they won early in that round. And he said, I, I might as well not have went to the last two races. I yeah. was there, but I wasn't paying attention. Denny Hamlin, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to get there. But I think the earlier he locks in, the lower those odds are going to go in Vegas because he just moves up the list as my favorite. If he can win at Martinsville, which he can, but if he can pull it off this weekend, then he moves right into the favorite for me. But whoever the favorite is, they're going to be racing their teammates in my mind. Talk about Kyle Busch. You said it. Long winless race ends up third. How about Kyle Busch's pathway I like, to Miami? I like the race they had Sunday. I really did. I, I, I like the race they had at, at uh, Dover as well. Just grind you know what i mean not great but grind and finishes out dover they got behind found a way to get back toward the front same thing last yesterday had to pit on had to pit had some troubles still got back to the front so i like that kyle what i've seen the last couple weeks from kyle bush so is it fair to say are you going to eliminate any gibbs drivers in this round no i am not no I, i i think they get three there i am concerned about kyle bush i'll have to say that that not about kyle bush the driver uh, necessarily, uh, but but what I've seen are, are too many things with that team that that they just keep having problems along the way that that have kept them from from getting up and challenging for wins and things. And you know, you look. I mean, we've seen bigger gaps in in past years when someone is leading the points. Mm-hmm. You take one bad race uh, and. You know, if they, they have something mechanical or they do something crazy again, then they find themselves in a very difficult spot. But it's three good tracks for it. There's not a track that's not good for Kyle Busch, really, uh, when you look at it. But I, I just, I'm concerned about the performance level that they've been at, even though they've had faster cars the last couple of weeks. Well, the one good news for Kyle Busch, finished top 10 in all three of these tracks in the spring, winning Phoenix. So why I'm ready to crown Denny Hamlin right now, because he won, <laughs> I will say if Kyle Busch can break that, extensively long 17 waste friendly streak which is a joke just to horrible. think that 17 weeks is that bad <laughs> that's just how good he is uh that could flip that momentum and give that momentum so that's kind of the top of the leaderboard let's flip all the way to the bottom kyle larson struck gold won at dover ending his winless streak everybody thinks that perhaps he is the most dangerous driver at miami everybody wants to get there the path can be very difficult and the path was pretty difficult this weekend had those blue bruised ribs from talladega we talked to him after the race in kansas we want to know how you're feeling. How are the ribs? Um, I got a shot in my butt <laughs> before the race, and then I have like a patch on me. And uh, actually, you know, the first little bit of the race, I felt great. Got more tender as the race went on, uh, but we were able to, you know, fight through it and, and be good. It, it hurts right now, but um, you know, at least we we're able to finish and not not crash or anything like that. So I'm going to say that I appreciate Instagram and social media for that because I think we. Me specifically, forget how dangerous these things are. He wrecks at Talladega and everything's fine. No, everything isn't fine. His ribs hurt. He was in the race car. We could debate whether he should have been in there. You've given your opinion. We've all given it. I think at this point, he was in, he raced, it's over. What's the pathway for Kyle Larson to Miami moving forward? Uh, not his best tracks. Uh, you yeah. know, when we look at the stats, and you can throw a lot of that out. I understand that you know they've made their race cars a lot better. I think he's changed his driving uh, a little bit too. But you still see things that are going on that are tough. I think that he should. Again, I said this yesterday. He should have set that race out uh, because you have that option this day and time with the, the way the points are. He had already made his way through uh, to the next round. I think that it would have been good to heal that up because Martinsville is not going to get better. You're going to get 
get beaten uh, around there. You're going to get hit. You're going to hit the curb occasionally. All of these things. I'm speaking from experience to where it took more than one shot, but I'm a lot bigger than Kyle Larson. Uh, but it, those things, it, it wears off and and uh, through those races. And it makes it really, really difficult to, to manage and focus on the job at hand. Jeff, when I look at the 42 car and Kyle Larson, I look at Martinsville as a finish. Finish in the top 10, finish in the top 12, finish on the lead lap. Go there and expect to struggle. Protect whatever points you have and hope other people make mistakes because I think he can figure it out at Texas. And I think he can figure it out at Phoenix. My concern is this weekend, right? If he takes that 21, or excuse me, takes that 19-point deficit and makes it 30 or 40 or 50, I don't think it's recoverable. I, you know, he has to protect this weekend. Yeah, I, I, listen, they got they got to find a way to, to get points out of this weekend. They've got to do whatever they can to, to, to collect points because points are going to matter. They just are. They, not everybody's going There's to four I mean, seats yes, and three winners. Yes. So, oh, yeah. so you got to on a bad day find a way to claw out stage points. You got to find a way, and if that means giving up what you think gives you the best shot to get the best finish, do it. Get your points when they're in front of you, and and that's just what their pathway for yeah. is. Maybe lean on his teammate Kirk Bush, who's really yeah. been good Great there point. over the Great years. Point. So if you haven't had something that's working. Let's go talk to Kurt Busch. What are they running, and, and what can he do to help me? And, guys, the driver I'm really been looking at, and I never thought I'd say this, is I'm waiting to see which four team shows up because yeah. I've seen races where he's unbelievable. Yeah. I thought I saw him creep to the front this weekend. I said, oh, yeah, he's going to be great, and then he just wasn't there. So all I know is three great tracks. It's eight superstar drivers. It's going to be a toe-to-toe heavyweight battle. And then that's to only get to the championship race. No <laughs> telling what could happen in Miami. So it's going to be a blast coming up. Our grassroots tour across America comes to an end today. We'll take a journey across the Pacific to the Aloha State. I don't think I was invited. This would have been a good trip. <laughs> we should have gone. You know the best part of this grassroots tour? is that not only did I learn about new racetracks, but I've learned that every racetrack has a hometown hero and a big event. My track, my roots, we want you to do it at every local short track around the country. Everybody uh, starts out scary. local short track racing. You know at night yeah. they're working on their race cars, they're committed yeah. to racing, and those guys, they put so much effort and energy in there. No matter where you go, there's somebody working on a race car to go run a local short track. Well, guys, it can't last forever. Our grassroots tour of 50 states comes in for a landing. And to quote Bill Lumberg from Office Space, today is a Hawaiian shirt day. Hawaiian shirt. Paradise Speedway is located on the island of Maui. This one-fifth of a mile dirt track is located across the street from the drag strip at Maui Raceway Park. The speedway first opened in 97 by Bill, excuse me, Tom Day and his son Bobby took over operations eight years ago and began racing under the lights. Due to Hawaii's, I'm going to call it awesome climate, the staff at Paradise uses laundry detergent and dish soap to treat the surface to maintain traction. Also adds what I hear is a pleasing scent. How could that be bad? The Speedway signature event is the king of the dirt, held over the course of two days to encourage outer island drivers to compete. That's a heck of a uh, toe when it involves a boat to go to your race. But uh, guys, it's been a great time. 
going through all these states. How about Hawaii? Would you, I mean, why not? I mean, I can't think of a bad reason to go to Hawaii. Why not yeah. race? I'm not surprised that it's a small track. That's valuable land over there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not surprised that it's that. But, you know, this, it just proves that there's racing everywhere. People want to compete and, and race cars and work on cars, as you were pointing out, Jeff. It, it's, it, this, this 50 states has been awesome just to, to see different racetracks and the traditions that they all have, those little yeah. things, you yeah. know, like – Spraying soap on it, and you know, they serve a bologna burger, or the you know, if you win, you got to kiss the cow, or what you know, all those things are really cool. It's been a lot of fun. Well, you say it's been a lot of fun. Let's take a look back at some of the greatest moments over 50 states. We begin our tour of 50 states in 50 days. You want to talk about some crazy racing? Skid plate racing. Skid plate racing. Yeah. No rear tires. I'm loving car wars right here. This has Rutledge Wood written all over it. Nationally known for its innovative events, such as the world-famous trailer races. Train racing. Train racing. Those are crazy restarts <laughs> right there. Birthplace of Mr. Dizzy. And if you're lucky enough this weekend, you'll get to meet Adam, 900 pounds. Wow. Like the bear is alive right there? <laughs> Great question. Yes. Kiss yeah. from the trophy girl. <laughs> Holy moly, dude. Y'all in Montana, that's y'all are wild. It's all about those grassroots local short track racing. Okay, <laughs> I draw the line at the bear. Yeah. Montana, they're tougher than me. I've never tried to finish second, but I might there. And just, <laughs> I don't know that I'd want that. Hey, and I mentioned this the other day. I think we were on that, but Hickory Speedway had school bus racing a couple of weeks ago. And, oh, oh yeah, at Little Hickory Speedway, just over a third of a mile track there. So we've got to get a camera there next time to see a that. camera? We need the to get camera. a camera at Rutledge Wood. What are you talking <laughs> about? Know. We're the Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett. <laughs> Driving bus 24, baby. Yeah, Come on, yeah. I, I was better riding the buses than driving them. I, I tell you what, we'll see. if I drive it, will you ride it? No. no. <laughs> we were so close to having a deal. Well, guys, coming up, we're going to discuss those drivers who saw their title hopes come to an end at Kansas and what it means for them going forward. Are you shocked that somehow you survived the day and you're advancing? Uh, you know, we got that stage win, which is great, and that's a point that'll continue on, so that's that's a big deal. We needed every point we could, and it looked like we were in a good spot. And the next thing you know, uh, they're wrecking on the outside, and I get hit in the right front, I'm going through the grass, and luckily we made it. You know, to be able to come out here and, like I said, have to win, or in our minds have to win, and come and, and, and fight for one and finish second, I think, is a, is a step in the right direction for us. So excited to move on. Getting left rear tore off it five laps in. Uh, basically got to drive a wrecked race car for the rest of the day. And we did all we could to uh, to continue to fix it or, or attempt to, but just didn't quite get it all the way there. So just need to uh, go have some good solid weeks. They're definitely one of our worst weekends that we've had in a while. Um, you know, car had to start in the back and, and just tough day getting through traffic. Every, and then a couple times we got up there, had bad stops and got mired back in traffic. So uh, we did what we needed to do to get to the next round and we get to start over. Knew the opportunity was last weekend. Uh, we all knew that, uh, you know, going into this round, every, every round has an opportunity. And, and within that, every race is an opportunity. You know, make no mistake about it. But uh, a lot of business to be done yet. And, uh, you know, march on. This package just... There at the end, you're running wide open, and the guy out front's running wide open, and you can't pass him. You just can't get enough of a run around the outside before he can throw a block. So, um, you know, you just can't can't get what you need to get there at the end. Went out there, got aggressive with um, with everything we did, and our car was fast right off the bat. I think we went from 25th to 8th in the first stage. So, overall, a good day uh, to be happy about, but just got to look back at this round and some of the mishaps and things that happened and try to learn that for next year. 
Well, it wasn't just Keselowski that was eliminated from the playoffs. I'm going to use just line the three Bs. Isn't that what you call them? Bowman, Byron, Boyer also saw their title hopes disappear in Kansas. Let's start with Alex Bowman. Uh, big year, first career win, yeah. rash of seconds, got into the playoffs, obviously disappointed with his you know, effort on Sunday, getting in the accident early. But overall, I think the 88 has to look at this as a good building year. Oh, there's no doubt that, that we've seen a lot of good things. And, and you know, the last couple of weeks, I, I saw some things from Alex Bowman that I, I really liked to see, that he really dug down deep at the Roval, uh, made things happen there, went to Dover, had a solid race. You know, just everything. And he was doing great at Talladega. Just, you know, one little wrong move. That's where every decision uh, that you make as a driver can, can affect what's going forward. But uh, a lot of good things to talk about from that team and driver. Yeah, I, I, his teammate, I want to talk about his teammate, William Byron. I, I think we have to remember, he's 21 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and Are you sure? I mean, this year <laughs> was a year that he, he put a deposit down on future success. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. And William Byron, I, you know, he's got to give these young guys time. 21 years old, in cup, racing against the people he has to race, and, but showing maturity. Like, the way he raced this round, I thought was very mature. Yep. thought he did what he needed to do. Never got the win that he really ultimately needed, but he put himself in position. And this, this young man is going to continue to improve, continue to get better. I, it wasn't a great year for them because they didn't, you know, advance to the next round, but a very, very solid year. So if we talk about driver crew chief pairings, if I'm Rick Hendrick or the management at Hendrick Motorsports today, I'm having a sit-down conversation with Chad Canales to see how long – I could try to convince him to be William Byron's crew chief. Yeah. We know it won't be his entire career. His, he is only 21. But I think the curve was very steep, and they impressed me with how quick they ascended it. Yeah. Um, it started with just communication. Um, a 21-year-old and, and, and a veteran crew chief. Yeah. They had to figure that out. They did. Then we start them to see them having confidence in how they race all the way back at Sonoma. We're going to go get points. We're going to do this. Uh, even put his driver in perhaps some tough decisions. Driver never complained. They made the playoffs. You talk about... The, the information they gained, the experience they gained, I think this is a building year for the 88, but even bigger for the 24. I think that William Byron has the chance to hold down that 24 car for a long, long time. Let's get him three, two, three more years with Chad Knauss on top of the pit box, calling the shots, some consistency. Think, one year in trucks, one year in Xfinity, crew chief changes. Give the young yes. man some consistency for two yes. or three years, and I think he could really improve. So I would like to see that, but that leaves one guy. Uh, the only person I know in the NASCAR that talks more than me, and that is Clint Boyer. I think he called it right. He right? The it opportunity right. was Talladega. His opportunity was Talladega. Yeah, yeah. you know. Actually, it's, every time he comes and joins me on the pit box for qualifying, I'm not sure we're going to get it all in before qualifying's over. But, you know, he said it. Um, new deal. He seemed in a really good mindset heading into the Roval. Got through that one. And in the end, he went out in the round in which I expected him to go out. I hate to be ugly like that, but this is where I saw the 14 leaving the playoffs. Yeah, they, they didn't really show the speed very many times of, of being capable of going up and winning a race and doing the things. We, we know that he's really good at Talladega. Kyle Petty kind of put it best, I thought, yesterday. When, when you see that picture of Boyer stuck on the track and apron Talladega, and his yeah. tires off the ground, it's kind of a microcosm of what his season was about. You know, they tried to go forward, and sometimes – uh, that trying to go forward, put them backwards, and, and uh, it's just unfortunate. But I'm really glad that he's got another year because uh, he's very talented, somebody that we need to uh, 
to having a good car because he brings a lot to the sport. So I'll put you on the hot seat, right? So he has another year. Can he can he enter the year all the same pieces in place, or do you? And I don't know what the pieces are. Or do you Listen, think that fourteen team needs a little shakeup? I think the company needs some shakeup. Yes, That's fair. That's I think fair. the entire company needs some shakeup. Kevin Harvick and and, and Rodney Childers. Yeah. There's a goal, right? Keep yeah. them. But listen, Kevin Harvick is – has there ever been a time in his career where he didn't outrun his teammates? Yeah. I was one of them, right? So I can I can honestly mm-hmm. say that. So for Stuart Haas Racing to be su- successful in my eyes, right now Kevin Harvick's got to be a contender for the championship every single year. Everybody else has to step up around him. I think Stuart Haas just never qu- has quite figured this package out. Yeah. And I think the, the entire company needs a little bit. The same could be said for Hendrick. Oh, yes. You know, but but I, I we know I just think Stuart Haas, and I do think there's some changes coming internally there uh, because I think I think they need it. Yeah. Well, listen, welcome to sports. That's right. Right. I mean, sports. If you're not the guy hosting the choice trophy, not the guy hoisting the championship trophy, then changes are going to have to come because that's everyone's goal. But coming up, we're talking about trophies. We're going to be in the look ahead at next week's round of eight opener at my hands down favorite racetrack. We head to Martinsville, the paperclip. That's basically it, right? I mean, so look, guys, when we look at the rundown of the playoffs, in my mind, each round, we're lucky to have a very marquee event. I think in the first round, it's the Rovals. Second round, it's Talladega. No doubt in my mind, in round three, it's Martinsville. Yeah, well, Eddie Gossage is still going to invite you to breakfast at Texas. No, no, he will. tell you that right now because that's going to be a great event, too. But you're right. For for what it is uh, with the, the, the confined area that you have to race in, and all of these drivers being great short track racers uh, and, and coming down to now knowing that if you win here, I mean, this is what Joey Logano knew. This was his chance to race for a championship, and he made the very most of it. Not only did he win there, but he goes on and wins the championship. Well, Texas and Eddie Gossage will be happy because all the tempers end up at his track next. <laughs> but will we see more tempers? Too much on the line. Not yes, too yes. You just said it. Joey Logano gave a permission slip to everybody. If you can advance to the next round and the fans can boo and the competitors can be mad at you, all that happened. Joey yeah. was a villain that day. Three weeks later, he's a champion. Yeah. You know, he wrote a permission slip to everybody else. The one thing when I look at Martinsville, Denny Hamlet was in every highlight. Mm-hmm. Joey Logano was in all the highlights. But it's a track that I do think a non-playoff guy can win. Why not Clint Boyer? Why can't he turn his year around and go to victory yeah. lane here? And I can tell you what, those guys – they could care less. Those other guys are still in the playoffs. Yeah, that opens up two spots for points, guys. <laughs> oh, oh man, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. The paperclip, <laughs> look, it's my favorite. There's nothing like short track racing this weekend from Martinsville. Good night from Charlotte. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. 
Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.